Hi everyone, welcome to Two Bald Guys Talking Safety. I'm Langdon DeMint. And I'm Julian Taylor. And welcome to our podcast. Welcome everyone to Two Bald Guys Talking Safety for a special spooky edition. I'm Langdon DeMint with my dear friend, Jules. Hey Jules. Hey Langdon, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm good, I'm excited for this. I'm excited to, because it's such an exciting time of year particularly for you, because I know how much you enjoy this thing that is coming up in the next few days. You know, I got to be honest with you. It's one of those things that I enjoy it, but you know, Christmas is my big, that's my, man, I'll just go all in out. But this one is, it's getting, I notice more, I don't know what the right word is, because I have the two kids. Like we did a, we had a trunk or treat last night going around and you know, and you know how Lindsay is and my kids. So I had to dress up too. So there's been a lot of, I'll have to send you a picture. Um, there's a lot of mockery because I am Prince Eric from little mermaid. So I have a big wig and I'm going to say a big wig cause I'm bald, but I have a wig that's very much Eric. And you know what? Other than the itch, it feels pretty good. Knowing what I could look like with hair. You like it. You like having a head of hair. It is one of those I have. I should have actually grabbed it for the podcast because I did think about doing a mating or something with it and just seeing if anyone would actually notice. But it, maybe maybe that's a future episode. We both have to come up with the best wig. I don't even know if mine would be the best, but it feels so good to have hair. Two wigged up guys talking safety. Yeah. Two wigs talking safety. But yeah, so we we're in it, you know. We're we're all in the Halloween. What's do you and Caroline do anything special for for Halloween? <laughs> you, know, you know, with with because my kids have grown up and flown the nest. I I have just turned into the Grinch when it comes to Halloween. So I sit there, I shut the curtains, and when kids knock on the door, the choices are: do I ignore them? Do I answer the door? And when they say trick or treat, I go treat, please. And that really confuses them, yeah? Or do I just shoo them away, yeah? Um, but we do have loads of pumpkins. We do have loads of pumpkins this year because Caroline's daughter got married the other, the other week and, and, and she, she loves it. So we actually had pumpkins as table decorations. So we have, we have loads of pumpkins on the front doorstep at the moment and nice. we grew them all ourselves. You grew them? We grew them. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's very impressive. Green fingers. Green, yeah. yeah I don't remember yeah. seeing a pumpkin patch when I was at your Yeah, house yeah. Like. We had a pumpkin patch down the bottom of the garden. Yeah. Pretty, it's pretty nice. There it is. So question, you live in a little village and your house is kind of behind. Do you get a lot of trick-or-treaters? We we actually do quite well in not getting any trick or treaters because they don't know there's a house down here, which is quite good. Yeah, yeah. But it's really, so, but it's really dark, so I can really scare them if they do come to the door. We used to, uh, to be honest. I used to love doing that. Turn all the lights off, and then maybe leave one. I would take all the bulbs out, but I might leave one, like one bulb. You know, you have the, um, you know, the like at your front door, you're on each side of the door, you're shan well, not whatever they're called. I don't know. I'm not chandeliers, but you know what I'm talking about. Each one has three bulbs. And sometimes I would, I mean, a long time ago, 
and like at my parents' house and I would like um, take them out or at least turn it off. So only one was working and then I'd go hide in the shrubs. Hmm. Good times. Scare the bejesus out of me. Yeah. Now I've grown up and I'm reverting back to that. See, so it, it, it works out well. Anyway, one little thing I wanted to point out, I don't know whether you've noticed, I've, I've rearranged the shelves. And I'm, for those who are listening, I'm pointing over my right shoulder here because Langdon very, very kindly bought me a, a cap back from the US Masters last year. So, so I've got my US Masters cap there. And, and just to keep it company, mate, I thought I'd better get a, a nice little European Ryder Cup cap to sit next to it. Just to, yeah, I thought I'd just, just get that one in. Yeah, I do. I noticed the master's cap because that hadn't been there. So next year, whenever your request comes in, maybe it'll be a shirt to go along with the master's cap. Shirt would be very nice. A ticket would be even better. Well, yeah, I, I got to get through my dad and then, we're, you know, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Hopefully keep fingers yeah. crossed. One, one day, one day, Yeah, one, one day. Well, what do you think about, you know, a couple of years ago when the podcast was first started, it was like the Wild West back there. You know, it was it was before Jules got in and really got us going straight. Remember, it was the again, it was the heyday of it was like the heyday of podcasts. A little crazy. We we started with the Lone Wolf, Wild West. Yeah, I mean, it was the Wild Wild West. We talked favorite candy. Paul and I did before the last thing before we get in. I need to know what is your favorite candy. See, I'm not I'm not a big candy man. I have to say. Well, but the candy man can. But the candy man can. But if I was to say favorite candy, there's probably two. And the first one, and I don't know whether you have them in the United States, it's called, the, I think they're called Dib Dabs. And it's a packet and it's got like sherbet in it. And you've got a lollipop and you lick the lollipop and dip it in the sherbet. And then you get the tingly flavor of the sherbet with the lollipop is it when i envision sherbet i'm thinking of a frozen treat that stays in the freezer that's so what kind, are we talking sugar so it's like a powdery it's not sugar but it's like a, a like a, a powdered sweet oh. so so now what you're telling me is because you're over here in a few weeks time i'm gonna have to take you to a proper english sweet shop and we'll buy some sweets yeah I was informed that that's called a. Go on. Um, it, what I was about to say was not right. It's picking something. Pick and mix. Pick and mix. That's it. Pick and mix. Yeah. Is that correct? Well, pick and mix is a kind of variation on the whole sweet shop theme. So pick and mix is what it sounds like. You have lots of jars of sweets, and kids go round and they pick sweets and you fill a bag up the bag gets weighed and you paid based paid based on the weight so there's a real art to it if you're really clever as a kid you you get all the lightest sweets so you get you get the you get the flumps yeah you get the you have um spaceships which are like little circular almost like rice paper sweets with sherbet inside that sherbet in this side again really light you go for the light sweets and then you can fill the bag but you pay very little money that's smart yep. you don't buy heavy sweet yeah no no no. i i would agree with that we have something kind of like that in the sugar okay so that's good what's your second 
Uh, my second is called a refresher. And it's one of those sweets. It's it's a it's like a little bar about a couple of inches long. And it's just the chewiest of chewy things that you've ever chewed. So you know one of those things that just sticks to your teeth and but it's really sweet and just really nice. Yeah. Hmm. Sounds good. I'm a little more classic, I feel like. Uh it's Heath Bar and MMs. Honestly. Those are my which type of M&M's? Plain. Oh, just regular. Yep. See, I'm a, pe- I'm a peanut kind of guy. Of course you are. <laughs> well, that's good. That's... But back then, we taught candy, and then we did the lone wolf. The lone wolf, which led to the lone worker. I think what we've come up with here, though, is every bit as strong as health and safety horror shows. There's a lot we could think about with this. Oh, there's loads. What are you thinking? What are we, for health and safety horror shows, which we could go disaster. I, I think we don't go that deep, but maybe some of the the common mistakes or the prevalent mistakes, whatever we want to think. Maybe when we think we're doing things right and we're not. You want to start us off? What do you think? I'm thinking something. I'm imagining kind of that, that ghostly house, you know, with the cobwebs. It's dark, it's ghostly. It feels very, very old fashioned. And actually, sometimes you see businesses that have health and safety processes that are a bit like that, yeah? They're just behind the times, they're old fashioned. So classic mistakes are things that are just overcomplicated. So we think about things like JHA's risk assessments that are just really overcomplicated. Um, and again, as part of that kind of dusty, ghostly sort of situation, how often have you seen it that, yeah, there's loads of risk assessments in a business, but nobody ever looks at them. So they just sit in a corner gathering dust. Yeah. So that would be my first is probably just let's not go ghostly and old fashioned. Let's try and get get it updated. You know, we've talked a lot about simplifying processes and this and that. And I think, I think it's a good call out because a lot of times, even now when we, for using software, using something, we really overcomplicate things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we talk about it all the time, don't we? We talk about simplification and, and it's funny. I was just talking to a safety director the other day and said, yeah, one of the things we've learned in the last few years is we've just got to simplify the processes because people aren't engaging with it. Um, and, and it's one of the mistakes we've made in the past, isn't it? We, we, we too much detail, we overcomplicate it. So actually nobody ends up using it at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think kind of, which comes off of that and it's pretty also timely. Um, so I was at NSC, uh, recently, I guess when this comes out, a week ago, whatever. I don't try to figure that out. I was recently at NSC and we had a lot of good, you know, there was a lot of good conversations with safety professionals, whether it was at the booth, you know, walking around uh, in general, just talking to peers. And uh, something I feel like you, we were hearing a lot before, it seems like over the last couple of years, let me specify, but maybe not, not quite as much. It seems like things are getting better, but is when you have that overcomplicated, over complification of things 
it seems like it's when the safety guys trying to do everything themselves. And I think that's a challenge. You know, I, I know we're, I don't, we're not going to talk about it here. I don't think, but yeah, the whole mental health, wellness, the, the well-being, where that's playing a role, the stress, fatigue. I think that's one area where it, for safety, if they don't watch out as safety professionals in organization, we can just get burnt out. Right. And I think that's something, you know, which really odes back also to the lone wolf of safety aspect, not just the lone wolf, the worker, but the lone wolf of safety when they're trying to do it all. And you, you think about throwing ESG on it. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that falls on the safety professional that, you know, that shouldn't, um, I have a, I don't, I don't want to say, I won't give anything, but I'll say, I know of a, a safety professional who works at an organization that's a very large, uh, pretty famous organization, and they're friends with one of the C-suite. And they will get random messages about things that have nothing to do with safety. And that person is kind of like, why are you asking me this? I don't have a clue. But it, it's just one of those, a lot of times, if you don't know where it fits, if you don't know if it's HR, if it's health and safety, if it's, you know, operations, it just gets thrown to, to the safety professional. So for me, that's complicated to when it's that lone safety person that they really fall out. I'm, I'm going to do something now that I never thought I'd ever do on a safety podcast. And I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to. You're laughing, which has me kind of nervous. Yeah, I'm going to go Ruby Ruby Rule. Which program am I am I am I talking about there? Come on, Langdon, do it for me. Ruby Ruby Rule. Yeah, is that Scooby Doo? Scooby Doo. Yeah, and 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 this, you know what the, the strange way people people's brains work. But as you were talking there about this this lone safety person, um, I just got this image in my mind of. You know when you used to watch Scooby Doo, and there was always the, it was always the caretaker was the bad guy, and the caretaker would be wandering around on his own in this in this scary building, and and I'm kind of seeing that that's how it feels sometimes with the safety guy, the safety guy who's 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 this kind of lone wolf who's trying to do stuff all on their own and not engaging the rest of the organisation, and it's they're like the caretaker in Scooby Doo, and we've got to change that, haven't we? Because you can't do it on your own. So you've got the mental health piece, fair enough. But also, actually, if you just try and do it all on your own, it doesn't work. You don't get people engaged. If people aren't engaged, they're not going to do things. They're not going to report things. So I think that that's my other that's my other sort of point from that is you've got to stop being the lone wolf and you've got to spread the love and you've got to start getting more and more people involved if you're going to make it successful. Because, A, for, your, for the good of your own health, but also you're just not going to make it work, okay? That's probably the craziest analogy I've ever come up with. And I never thought I would mention Scooby-Doo on a safety podcast, so I'm quite impressed that I've got it in. Yeah, And we're so close, I'm impressed that I was able to figure out what you were talking to, because that was the only thing I could come up with. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should do that on a future episode. Is we should we should have one of those games where we, we try and get either TV program titles or song titles into the podcast without people realizing that we're doing it. I think we can do that. I've just given the game away now though. Yeah, that's fine. We'll save it for later. But I do think that's, I think that's a good point. Um, yeah. A very good point though. We, a lot of times don't think 
about sharing the work, but it's a lot of it is because they, we ha if we have struggles with frontline employees or, or really the, the crux that mid-level management, they don't, if they're not open, then unfortunately it falls to the safety professional and safety professional is not safety. I mean, they're just the one that's helping implement things to get it out there. And then it's the employees and leadership, everyone yeah. else. And that, I feel like that gets missed. I don't know if it's misjudged, misrepresented. I don't know what the right phrase is, but I feel like a lot of times it falls on the safety professional and it shouldn't. I think it's um, one, one of the things that you see all the time is, is where people make it work. Actually, a big part of making it work is, is relationships, isn't it? It's that camaraderie. You see, I've got it in before you today. Well done. Um, but it's that camaraderie, isn't it, that, that that actually relationships and having great relationships with people helps to to sort of spread spread the word spread the news and the opposite is true that where there isn't the relationship that's where you see there might be loads of good documentation and paperwork but actually people aren't using it and people aren't reporting things and people aren't telling us about things so i think relationships and camaraderie is a really important part of it yeah I've used it twice now before you. I know. Well, you know what? Let's be, I think now from what you just said, it leads into the next one pretty well. Does it? And and I don't want anyone, Langdon, I just need to point this out. We're not trying to force fit Halloween themes into this particular episode, are we? No, we, I mean, we gave a bunch of ideas, but then it was kind of like, let's just talk the, the aspects. But you talking about the, a lot of processes and stuff like that, it leads to the next one. I feel like you should do it because you really... You took that. So shall, shall I take it? I'm gonna I'm gonna get close to my mic and I'm gonna go the black hole of doom. What have we mean by the black hole of doom, Langdon? It's the black hole of doom, I think, is when well I say I think, I mean I know what we're saying, but it's it's a bigger problem than we give it credit for because a lot of stuff comes in, whether it's reporting of incidents, reporting hazards, reporting remiss near miss whether it's creating what Jules just said a moment ago, extensive processes. Black hole of doom. When you create all this and then you don't do anything with it. And that is the, I think that is to me one of the most challenging aspects to health and safety because there is a lot to it. You know, I've created, I think of some safety programs. There were many, many pages. Is that real? I mean, it has to, so it's one of the, it has to be many pages because there's a bunch of, you know, there's a bunch of aspects within that. But if you make it, if you don't figure out a way to simplify that, that's a perfect example of I overcomplicated and I have created a funnel that became that black hole of doom. Black hole of doom. In the same way with reporting. If I report incidents, we both know if it just becomes, and that was the whole problem when, that I saw a lot internally, but also externally when, you know, a few years ago when near misses, for example, were, I mean, near misses, let's be, they've been around for a long time, but when people really started putting that focus on near misses, it seems like everyone just got so caught up and let's get as many as we can. They definitely fell in the hole. And, and I think that's something we really have to watch out for. It's, not getting putting stuff not getting 
whatever data just to get it because it falls into the pit, the deepest, darkest pit. I talked to two safety directors last week and both said the same thing. Both said this is a real priority for us is, is how do we have that feedback loop? Um, and, it, and it's just simple, isn't it? It's really simple. If, if I keep reporting things and then never hear anything about it, it just gives that perception that it's not important. It's not important because nobody's talking about what I've reported. Yeah. Um, so so that just that simple feedback loop is just a really important part of the thinking when you put any process into place. So whether it's hazard reporting, near misreporting, e- even things like JHAs and risk assessments, can people feed back once they've started to use those and put them into practice if they've got comments, thoughts on, on the contents of them? Yeah? Okay? Yeah. It makes you wonder, and this kind of goes into the next one, if... I don't know, and I just thought about this. You and I, we haven't talked about it every year in the states. And I know it's, I know it's pretty, it's pretty comparable in the UK. I can't, off the top of my head, I can't speak to the wider, you know, wider world, EU, whatnot. But for the most part, every year, the top incidents, I'll say five or ten, maybe at the end, they kind of fall in and out. It's usually the same things over and over. Might be some type of slip, trip, and fall. Could be, which is a you know very wide range. Workplace violence has shot up, but you know that's an outlier. Well, it's not an outlier, but it's a different conversation. But do you think a lot of those common incidents is that because the aspects of it fall in a black hole? Meaning, why would we have the same things over and over if, in theory, we're correcting those? Does that make sense when I'm... Not at all. I'm throwing a curveball. So think about it. If we have the same incidents every year, for the most part, why are we having the same incidents over and over? I I think it's... I think a lot of them are so... It's almost so casual, isn't it? It's that... It's that... But does that mean it's because we are putting some of the processes, some of the investigations, they fall into the pit? Meaning... They're so mundane. It's the usual Jimmy fell. He's out a couple of days. He'll be back. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, uh, and I suppose in, in some organizations, it's, it's, it's almost perceived as nothing happened. So it's, it's not a priority. Yeah. Um, so it, it's that thing of actually more, more communication is better, isn't it? Um, and, and, and I think it's to your point, it's actually that it's what do we actually want to report back? What do we want to feed back on and why do we want to feed back on it? Because even the most mundane of things could actually be, be really serious if it, if it went, if it went badly wrong. Um, but I think a lot of it, it's people, people don't see it as well. Nothing serious happened and they don't perceive it as serious. So they don't, they then don't sort of feedback. They don't educate about it. Um, but yeah, slips, trips, and falls is always up there, isn't it? Um, but like you say, it does it does encompass a massive array of things. Yeah, yeah, and that's fair because falls, you know, falls are even the leading. They're usually up there on the on deaths, and and that doesn't mean it's a fall from an elevated level. It can legitimately be a fall from you know a couple of feet, and it's just you hit wrong or. So I, I get that. I, I agree. It's just interesting that 
you know, which we've had a SIF discussion. I think we'll have some more of that in the future, not today, but, you know, figuring out how to do things really and truly how to do things different than the way we have been and really getting vested in health and safety. It's, I don't know, I feel like it's a challenge. I think when you think about the, the, the why is it always there? Um, I think it kind of leads into the next bit we were going to talk about, which is missing the near misses. Um, and that kind of leads back to that black hole of doom again, which is actually, you have to create an environment where people walk around with their eyes open. And that, that might sound stupid, but what I mean by that is people being conscious of what's going on around them. Um, so even that sort of, if they do trip over something, but nothing happens, do I report that or do I not report it? Yeah. Um, I had it, I was out running the other day and, and, and went properly head over heels because the pavement was the pavement. I like the way that I like you concern here, mate, that you're laughing at me. Well, you look fine. I saw an Instagram of you a few days ago. So I was like, yeah, he's, I'm fine. The skin's growing back and, and, and I've stopped bleeding and, but I properly went head over heels and it was, I was running through our village. You, you need to say that cause you say it in a really American way. Yeah. Village. Um, village. Um, and the pavement wasn't even, and there was a, there was a, a manhole cover that was standing proud and that's what I caught and that's what tripped me, but I didn't report it. Yeah. So, so even a, even a high profile influencer like myself, I'm, I am saying that with a smile on my face, by the way. Um, we are. We ish, are. Ish, ish. Um, yeah. I, I love it when I say that to my kids, they just roll their eyes at me. Yeah. But dad, it's health and safety. Um, so problem. yeah, I know, I know, I know what you're thinking, but, but, but I didn't report it. So actually somebody else going to run through, hit the manhole cover and break the leg. Yeah. Um, so that's a, a, a simple real world example, isn't it? Of, of actually we need to create a better culture. Don't we where people for a start, I wouldn't know where on earth to go and report that in terms of a local, local government to get something done about it. Um, but you need to make it easy in your environment. And, and make it almost have a culture. I was talking to again to a safety guy the other day who said, I would rather get too many and have to sift them out and deal with them than not get enough. And I thought that was a really good approach to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, to me, it, it kind of goes back to, to what we talked about earlier when everything falls on the safety professional and it's viewed as, the safety professional it's the one that's he's supposed to make everyone be safe i i can't make anybody do anything you know I, there are some topics i mean we talk a lot whether it's about hob organization or human organization performance and thinking about it from that you know safe operations mindset this and that no matter what we do and this is a perfect example of thinking about it from near misses thinking about simplifying getting people to report this and that if if we don't start getting figuring out ways and it doesn't it shouldn't all fall on the EHS professional but if we don't get ways of driving people to want to do things we're not going to see a change and that's 
And that's how we have to be, I think, a little different. We can implement processes and, and try to help teach people, help them learn, help them understand the value. But there's a lot of factors that plays into when an incident happens. But the more that we can help and educate and inspire, hopefully they'll, you know, want to, I think, do better. And I think, I think it's like you say, it's thinking about practical ways of encouraging people to report things. So whether it's kind of gamification and having league tables or some kind of, I was going to say rewards, but rewards isn't the right thing, but some kind of, even if you sort of promote on a regular basis, which parts of your organization have reported the most things or rectified the most things. Rectified is probably better than reporting. Um, actually, what you do is start to create a culture where it's seen as a positive thing to report things. It's not seen as a negative. How often have you heard that? Well, I'm not going to report it because of the reaction I might get if I report something. Yeah. So we've got to change that mentality, haven't you? And it's always different. And to me, that's the that's the crux that we principally we we treat it the same. But you know, you don't want to blame and shame. You you want to ensure that the the failure that happened is corrected. But then you have the whole situation where what if it was um now we don't talk healthcare very often, but realistically there's a lot of whether it's hospital acquired infections or um, mistakes quote unquote that happens in in the healthcare setting whether it's in a surgery or whatever and if if somebody's doing surgery on my you know whatever on me on my wife and the doc accidentally leaves a a tool in her or you know some I, I'm not trying to be rude. I want them to learn from that, but they need to understand that that can kill, you know, so there's, there's different degrees. And I say that to say that everyone's different. So we put these processes in, we, you know, as health and safety, the more that I think we can establish camaraderie and be engaged with leadership, with all levels, then you start to realize, Hey, we, we have to look out for each other, meaning workers themselves have to look out for, for one another, or you're going to have, we're going to continue having crap happen. And sometimes it could be serious. So there is a level of you messed up. That's fine. We all make mistakes, but how can we do better in the future? Yeah, it's a really interesting one as well, isn't it? Because you, the culture of, of reporting and I suppose honesty around reporting is appalling in healthcare here and in the U S um, and, and, and it, I mean, what really made me think about this, I think we've met, talked about it before on another episode was a book called Black Box Thinking by a guy called Matthew Syed, uh, who talked about the difference between the sort of the, the sort of aviation industry and, and medicine. Um, and, and aviation have created a culture where an investigation is absolutely recognized as being a positive thing. And, and and with positive recommendations and outcomes, whereas in 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 healthcare, an investigation <laughs> invariably leads leads to somebody getting sued, or or and, and 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 so people people try and hide stuff, people cover stuff up because they worry about what the repercussions are. So you've almost got to take that thinking and say, right, how can I apply that to my business and create that positive culture where actually no things will go wrong but actually things going wrong is a part of life what we have to do is we learn from it 
I mean, we could really go down a rabbit hole here just, but I think that's something to, you know, to really consider because it ties into everything pretty, pretty well. Um, what do you think? Maybe one more. One more. Shoot. Yeah. One more. What you want to wrap us up? What do you think? I know we have a few more examples written down, but we are, <laughs> we're rolling pretty well. I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking the comedy side again, the kind of the cartoon side. And and what happens to people on ladders in cartoons? <laughs> they go topple. <laughs> they topple, don't they? They fall, yeah? Or, or all the rungs neatly split down the middle and they go straight down the middle, don't they? Yeah? I've never seen that happen in real life. I don't know who came up with that idea first. I've never seen it happen. You know, but if you did, you might catch yourself. If you think about it, just brrr. Yeah, you might. It might slow your fall down. Yeah. yeah. But again, one of one of the things, I, I suppose, another ghastly mistake is, or ghostly mistake is, is actually just people using ladders really badly. Yeah. Give me an example, Langdon, of somebody using a ladder really badly. To me, the best one is where you put the ladder. Meaning, when you don't do it on a level surface, that is the. I, I mean, I'm sorry, but that, and I've done it. I get it, especially if you're out in the yard or if you're not on a you know, a, whatever, a hard surface. But honestly, even if you are on a hard surface, if it's not flat, you're going to be in for a challenge. That's one of the basic ones to me where, you know, simple, well, I'm not even going to say physics, simple, whatever you want to call it, center of gravity. If all the weight is at the top and it's not level, <laughs> if it's like this, but it's like this, it's not going to go like this. It's going to go like this. So then you, <laughs> that's my... That's probably my, uh, you know, simple. It's where you, the base of the ladder, which goes back to training. Yep. Okay. Really. Mine with ladders is really simple, is is how much time are you going to spend up there? So really simple. If, if, it's, if it's a job that's going to take more than a few minutes, go and get a better tool or a better solution to get you up to the height you need to be at. Yeah. Just on just on the level surface, I dread the words every year. Can you go and put the fairy lights up for Christmas? Because <laughs> we have a gravel drive, and trying to get a ladder to sit flat on a on a gravel drive is impossible. Yeah, when you and then you just want to keep going till you can get to some level of base. But that's why you should have Caroline holding it for you. I thought you were going to say that's why you should send Caroline up. <laughs> I got to be honest, I thought about saying that, but I really like Carolina. I would never suggest that. You'd rather I came up the ladder. Yeah, much, much. What I need to do, Langdon, is I need to put my hand in my pocket and go and buy a new ladder, don't I? I need to go and buy a better ladder. So yep. I think we talked about ladders actually last week. It was with Marissa, but I would suggest it for you as well. Fantastic ladder. You did. You were getting very excited about the ladders that you've bought. So, yeah, maybe... Maybe we'll put a we'll put a picture on LinkedIn of Langdon, Langdon's ladder. That could be that could be a LinkedIn post. Yeah, I agree. Multi-use tool that is designed to be safe and to make sure that you can use the proper ladder for the job. Good job. There's my spin yeah. for that ladder. Well, that's been a that's been a, a an interesting pod. Yeah, we've 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 talked about sweets. We've talked about Scooby Doo. We've gone down rabbit holes. I think that's that's eclectic. I think I would I would 
I would describe this one as. But I think we've talked a lot of the, you know, the typical horrors. We think about this time of year, haunted houses, all the little different horror shows you can see. We've talked some of the the basic health and safety horrors. So, you know, moving forward, I think we have to figure out how we can make these horrors not seem so nightmarish, but be more dreamlike and actually make some positive changes. So my, my parting shot's going to be, don't be the caretaker out of Scooby-Doo. There you go. That's my word of wisdom for the week. I like it. Well, everyone, we appreciate you joining. We look forward to speaking with you soon. And as you go about your Halloweens, the holiday season that is approaching, stay safe. Watch each other's back out there. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy the company. Hey everyone, really appreciate you tuning in to this episode of Two Bald Guys Talking Safety. Please follow and subscribe to wherever you stream your favorite podcast or visit us at evotix.com. And if you want to see how follically challenged we really are, come and check us out on YouTube. If you've got value from the podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts and in the review section of this podcast, if you could leave us a review or a rating, that would be great. And as always, everyone... While you're going about your days, about your normal lives, stay safe out there and watch each other's back. Happy Halloween!